huge week coming up um, in the AFL world. It's the, the week of weeks. The, the night week of, of nights. The night of nights. Not next, the Brownlow, though. Next Wednesday <laughs> evening, it'll be the uh, 2021 AFL National Draft. And we'll be all over it here because we, oh, we're we, excited. We're excited. We've got a few boys uh, that we've spoken to this year that uh, will go hopefully in the first and or second rounds. We're hoping so. We're hoping so. But to, to chat to um, us about it and um, what it was like, you know, as a coach and um, going through all this and um, how often it would have happened and all that. We're going to speak to Guy McKenna, a former Eagles legend, and also, as I've just got an email from the Bo Morris Football Club, re-signed as senior coach. G'day, Bluey, and congratulations on another season at the Sharks. Oh, we're going to get nice and uh, carried on down at Shark Park, that's for sure. Exciting things are happening. Oh, I bet. A beautiful footy club. I played 104 mediocre games there, mate. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, you know, great club, and I'm glad it's in your safe keepings and your hands at the minute. How's it been for you? Oh yeah, no, really good. It's um, yeah, just down the road. I wasn't certainly expecting to do it, but uh, yeah, Choco Royal uh, is down there as a sort of coaching coordinator, and, and asked us, as I said, it's uh, I, I, t- I say politely, it's a 22 minute run down to the oval for my joint, so <laughs> a gentle stroll down the hill, hill, but it's normally about a 42-minute run back home, up the hill. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, locally, it's good. I mean, just I just take my hat off to the boys that, um, you know, for no money, they just want to be around their mates, play a, a good style of football and, you know, have a chance of winning some games and, and having some laughs doing it. And, uh, yeah, for them to turn up, I mean, coming out of the elite system and professional football, it's, um, yeah, as I said, and they just... They just love it. I do say to them, they want to be coached like an AFL footballer, but treated like a, an amateur player. <laughs> um, so <laughs> finding the balance, finding the balance, and all that is um, sometimes difficult. But yeah. no, no, it's, um, it's been good. I've, I've been there I think, four years, although we, we lost a year through COVID. So we officially finished second last year, um, uh, equal top, but um, percentage-wise, we were second. So eleven-game season. So uh, it would have been. Would have been nice to play the finals, but obviously with COVID we couldn't. But um, so yeah, I think the boys have got their uh, pardon the pun, the fins are up. Um, it's uh, this preseason, which we we actually will start uh, tomorrow night. Actually, so Ooh. kick off the preseason and uh, look forward to season twenty twenty two. Well, there we go. And I'm I'm the J Richter. There's three Richters on the board, Bluey. Um, I'm the Bought J them. Richter. There's a P Richter, my brother, and then uh, a M Richter, my dad. So we're uh, um, we're what? we're all happy that you're there, hey. Well, depending on how this interview goes, I'll, I'll go in with the uh, sandpaper and, uh, again, <laughs> if, it just goes, if the interview goes south, I'll go in there and scrub that one off. <laughs> is, it, is, this a, is this an Oracle and Giants board type situation, Jack? I think or, so. Or well, you... I, I, I was probably on the board to a point, guys, so it's good. Um, now, tell me, oh. it's a huge week um, for AFL and the draft coming up, mate, and the reason we got you on uh, was not to announce you the Bomaros coach in 2022, but... The, when you were at the Gold Coast Suns, how early did you know about draft picks and who you were going to pick up in the national draft? Was it a week out like we are today? Um, yeah, well, we actually, well, um, one, first, first of all, um, I went up there as the 18s coach, uh, like a development coach. I think that was the title. Um, so, uh, and that was for the year into the 18s. So, obviously, the boys there are drafting. Um, so I, I, we, I certainly coached through that year. The following year then, part of those boys, which I think from memory is only about 10, 10 to sort of 15 boys came through with us into the VFL year. Um, and then obviously into the AFL. Now, even at what I want to say is at the 18s level, we sort of knew our concession. So I think 
there was, um, you know, we had the first three picks and then we sort of went uh, pick five, seven, nine, out to about 15 every odd number. Um, so we had, you know, 13 of the first, you know, 20-odd picks or something. Um, and then even through that, then all of a sudden, we, you know, we started to think um, Scotty Clayton was the, the, uh, the list manager uh, and probably even in the early days was only the only sole recruiter as well. Um, you know, we already started to move some of those draft picks. So I think we had the 13 picks. I think we then ended up giving away to to get you know um, you know b- better uh, a better movement in the draft if you can imagine that. And I think we ended up with having maybe the you know 11 picks um, um, of the top 13 or something like that. Yeah, how do you go about when you when you're building a team, guy? Like you've got so many of those picks. Obviously, not all of them are going to be hits. Luckily, looking through through most of those picks that were in the top, the Suns actually did draft fairly well on, in terms of talent and what some of these guys ended up doing with their careers. So, how much extra planning has to go into something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the fact you got so many picks that that was the difficult thing, and and just as you say, making sure you're getting you, you get them right. Um, now, as I said, that's you know I, I find quite quite amusing because we spend or the the the, um, the AFL and the clubs spend a lot of money in recruiting, um, and you know even my time, you know, as I was leaving Gold Coast, I mean, one of the the key rep- um, key key um, sort of take homes was you know we, we need to up. You know, up the ante in the re- in the recruiting budget, um, and let's be honest. And so, regardless of how much, uh, what I say, how much each club spends, but it, it varies. But it's a lot. And how many times do we always hear, "Well, let's re- let's redo the draft," <laughs> because mm-hmm. clearly, all you know, you know, well, I'm saying that the recruiters got it wrong. But because of um, you know injuries, because of um, coaches moving, uh, getting sacked, um, demographics of. Um, uh, of, of lists that, that some of these boys go into, um, well, all of a sudden the pick one we all thought was great um, is now he's the player that's actually played the least amount. I mean, it actually the swings and roundabouts are enormous, um, and I always sit back and, and, and I, as I said, it's it's a, it's just so hard to predict. Um, having said that, and now you know I've got I stopped playing in twenty and started coaching after that. Certainly, the, I mean the numbers when I was being uh, when I just left and started speaking to recruiting people, the, you know the it was like seven percent of the first round uh, draft picks would actually go and play a hundred games. Mm. You know, now I think that percentage has got better, but yeah. it's still it, it's oh. still hard to just just to nail the the right players um, because again, the real good players can sometimes go to a club that's not invested in development, and so all of a sudden they don't kick on. And, and you know, someone that you know, and again, um, you know, you're hearing stories already with players uh, coming and going from clubs, but the Joel Selwood one still springs to mind, you know. Six other clubs passed up on him because they thought his knee was no good, you know. Um, now, in that draft, he, he would be, if it was redrafted, seated number one because he's, you know, club captain, superstar of the competition, and every, all of those six clubs are sitting there shaking their head just going, what, what were we thinking, you know. But, you know, that's that's the life of football, and, yeah, it's, 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 as uh, one wise sage always said to me, it's never one thing. Yeah, no. So, what do you think about when you see those uh, those redrafts? I feel like it's a very popular sort of one to roll out um, a couple of years on from a draft, and you know, when yeah. you've got the benefit of hindsight, you can put everyone in those correct places. But what oh. do you think about it when you've actually been through it? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, that's it is. It's everything's easy in hindsight, isn't it? And you know, uh, and again, it's you know, because we are drafting. I, I mean, look, I'm not anti the AFL, but I'm certainly. I've always pushed for, for having another year in the draft to pick these kids at 19, so they've actually gone out and experienced life. 
Right. So they've had a part-time job. They've actually learned to live. I mean, the, the draft still is set up to bring out, you know, and again, you just think about, and, you know, with society issues too, you just go, well, would the kids be better better served? Now, it's only 12 months I get, it's under, I understand that, but the fact they've actually gone and lived life, because at the end of their career, we're all going to get them, all the players will get them. They're not going to play until, you know, unless you're, you know, Michael Tuck or... um, um, um Fletcher from Essen and these blokes, you're not Justin Fletcher. You're not your career will end, but so you'll you'll spend more time doing and working in your life than you will playing a football career. But we actually target these kids in their final year of of school, yeah. and you go and put all that pressure on them and have lights and cameras and all that sort of stuff. And we think we're trying to help them, but I'd actually question that. I don't think we actually help them at all. We actually make it harder for them to have a, you know, the best chance of a, a, a school, a school life, a good education, and that education then can last. I always say an education will last you a lifetime. A career will last you, you know, twelve years. What did um, you, you know? So, sorry, guy, go on. So yeah, so I'm, I've always pushed to, in you know, and again, and, and that's the scholastic side, that's their mental maturation and the physical side, and I still remember drafting David Swallow as our number one pick that year well, I was fairly confident he's going to be okay, because he'd already played four games for East Fremantle in the senior team so he'd actually played up against men mm. so all the kids in the draft right now you know, most of them, I'd say 95% of them um, I know the South Australian boy at the moment, I think he's played senior footy tick, so he's, you know, you go, well he's already had an opportunity, but the majority of these kids at Sandy Dragons don't play against men they play against other 18-year-old boys. But, you know, then, then me as a coach, I'll get these kids, and that's the great unknown. Or how are they going to go playing up against men? Um, you know, and, and Sam Day's a great one for me. I'll, I'll write a book one day, and I'll talk about him when he has an 18-year-old boy. We drafted him. I think he made his debut at round six. And for the next five games, he played on five All-Australian full-backs. Mm. You know, Matthew Scarlett. You know, eight years he's been in the gym lifting weights. <laughs> Poor old Sam Day. And I still remember talking to his father about, oh, Bluey... How do you reckon Sammy's going? I said, well, mate, he's doing the best he can, mate. But that's the third All-Australian. He was playing on Darren Glass or was it West Coast? You know, he, and he was an All-Australian fullback, you know. And I'm going, well, mate, he's doing the best he can. But Darren Glass is 28, he's 10 years older, been in the system for 10 years. Yeah. I think he's handling himself okay. The fact he's had three touches, it was three more than I was expecting, mate. It's brilliant, you know. Um, but now, you know, you look at Sam now, that he's now the 28-year-old, just about, um, you know. Yeah. He's, he's, he's able to find his feet. But, um, yeah, it's tough for these kids uh, getting into the senior system and, and really getting that traction, which we all hope and, and think or expect they're going to do. But it, it does. It takes time. So I imagine you were a fan then this year, Guy, with the, obviously, last year COVID affected. No one in Victoria really got to play any footy. Uh, they did bring it up to under-19, so those guys that missed out last year and a few more boys got a crack in the VFL. Do you think that should be a permanent thing in Victoria? Um, well, I think it has to be. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yes, I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy missing out footy, and I'm sure the boys didn't. Um, but, yeah, it was a window into that. But, yeah, and, you know, as I said, it, it gives the boys a chance to go out and work and experience life and understand it because, again, when the kids come to the club, I mean, you speak to the, even the great Alistair Clarkson, I mean, they send boys when they draft them and in their first few years, they send them back out to work um, and just experience it. And I go, well... If they're, if they're 19 and getting drafted, well, they've actually already done that. You don't actually have to do that, but we also have to send them backwards to take them forwards, if that makes sense. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, as I said, I'm a fan of drafting them at 19. I don't think it's ever going to happen in my lifetime, unfortunately. It's a shame. 
because you know, as I said, the, the, the grounding and the rounding of these these fellas, and, and even obviously the women now, would be a lot better if we drafted them at a later age. Um, you know, the old restraint of trade business gets thrown up at me, and I don't ask any player. I said. Go and ask them what they got in their first year of football playing, if you reckon it's restrained to trade, and ask them what they got in their last year. Yeah. I reckon you prefer to extend your career rather than, you know, taking a year off the front and put it on the back. I reckon that's going to be, from a financial point of view, a lot better for these kids. Yep, no, that's very true, very true, Guy. Um, do you, I mean, looking at the Gold Coast Suns now um, and the story that came out over the weekend with uh, Hugh Greenwood, do you just shake your head at that? Uh, well... I don't know it now. I, I, they obviously didn't do it blindly. They obviously put a, a fair amount of thought into it. So, again, I don't know the intricate details. Uh, I certainly know why clubs do that. My only... My, and, again, I was thinking about, well, how else could you do it? Now, obviously, it was a play that um, they liked and wanted. Um, and, and he's obviously a ripping person. Um, thank, you know, obviously, a great person. Everyone's spoken to that. So you go, well, okay, so what changed then when he agreed to do it? And then all of a sudden North came in and clearly their offer was a lot better than what the Suns could go to. So that probably told, tells me that that shouldn't have happened. But then he's not the right person to do it with. And not, not having a go at him, I'm just saying, well, whatever the conditions were, well, you know, potentially, I mean, we did this at West Coast. Um, and again, why there was him, but again, it's just funny that, that's happened, and then a couple of days later now, Tuke Miller's just extended his career. So I would have gone to Tuke and said, mate, and he's, from what I hear, is an absolute beauty too, um, but you can't keep going to the well. But, you know, I know David Swallow's there. There's some other players there that I know would, would I assume would happily do it. I mean, they wouldn't be the first, they won't be the last players to do it. As I said, there's a couple of us that did it at West Coast to get Paul Pios back on our list. He'd gone off to Brisbane. We had to all take a haircut when I say that, but we're all still going to get the same money, but we're just going to be spread out over a few more years, and that, that's fine. Um, but we had to free up some salary caps, so you did it. So I would have been thinking if it was a, a monetary or a salary cap thing, surely you just go and ask some of your players to, to you know, and it might be 25k a year or 50k there, and you don't do it because, as I said, he's much loved. He's a senior player, and then again, even in my time and all the coaches' times, one thing they haven't been able to do is get old. Now, he's a, he's a mature player that is everything you, you love um, about a player, and so he would be the last person I'd be thinking to expose uh, or put in a position where another club can pinch him. Um, you know, if there was a thirty, another thirty-year-old that you're probably thinking are in and out of the side, injury-prone, or something like that, and maybe have one year. But again, Hugh had two years, so that's telling you you still think he's going to be around for a few more years. The, the person that you think may or may not be even in twelve months be there, he, he'd be the player. Now I don't know who that is. I haven't had a close look at their list to answer that question, but. Um, yeah, clearly he was the wrong person to do it. Given again, not not him making the decision to go to North, but just the fact that you've exposed him for that opportunity. And and given everyone how they talk highly of him, and certainly the games I watched in the Suns, I mean he was instrumental in you know we're not saying all their wins, but he was certainly a very consistent player um, before injury. Yeah, certainly was. And yeah, did did um, just um, I think it was Daniel Goring sent out a tweet. It's the most Gold Coast thing ever that uh, this thing had happened. So. But just, I mean, well, do you feel, I mean, obviously you've been up there and you've obviously coached them and you've been in amongst it all. What, what is the problem with them? Is it because there's no retention there or is it is there a bigger problem that we can't see at the Gold Coast that you, you've uh, sat back well, and thought about? Like I, 
Yeah, all these decisions and everyone jumps up about the Suns um, and, uh, as I said, my wise old sage once told me it's never one thing, yeah. um, And but one thing I could categorically put across the football club is they just never got old. Yeah. They're still the second youngest club going around as far as age and, and I think even games, I always... And again, not so much the age, but even just games played. I, I still remember... Um, our second last game of my my tenure, um, we we had less games of experience playing for us than we did even in our first year, uh, in our very first game against Carlton. And yeah. I just sort of it made me realise, well, what? Hang on, what's going on now? You know, David Swallow, that was his first game when we played the year one, uh, and he, but the good thing was he'd played eighty games by that fourth year, uh, and we just lost to Essendon in the run home um, in 2014 but someone said oh Bluey by the way your game's experience we were still down around 700 mm-hmm. and we were competing against sides that had you know the, the, and again I always say surprise surprise we beat Port in our first game because we had 700 games of experience and they had about 1200 mm-hmm. but we would play sides against like Hawthorne and Sydney had 3000 games of experience well, well yeah. good luck you know? <laughs> uh, and, and that's still been probably the case ever since so again Back on the Hugh Greenwood run, he's the last person to do that with because he's actually a man of experience. Now, they might be thinking, you know, they've got better players, younger players, but I'm sure there's a young player they've still probably got a question mark over. And if they have, I'm sure some other club would have too. Whereas Hugh Greenwood, he's not a question mark, he's a tick. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not taking a punt on him, um, you know, as in whether he can play or not. So he's not the player to put, you know, or exposed to an opportunity of a, of, of a club going. So um, yeah, so yeah. Look, um, look. It's just as I said. It's take. It, it, it'll take time, like anything, like any just one single player. It's like a club now. It's taking time. I reference uh, Fremantle a lot. That's the footy state. Um, they've been in the competition. Yes, they've been to a grand final. But right now, them and the Gold Coast have got the same amount of premierships. Just yeah, think of that. Just think of that. No, very good point. And just. Uh, just with the Hugh, I've hopefully just taken the shine off. But do you feel sorry for a guy like Stuart Jew who's been, who's in your, you know, you've been in his position, um, and with you know, sort of this exiting and all that sort of stuff, it makes it hard on him as a coach losing one of your better players. Like, is it, is it difficult as a coach oh, yeah. losing these guys? Yeah, no, no question. And well, the good thing is that the club um, is well. When I say seeing him through, certainly I reckon, as you said, that the dogs might have been barking. So certainly I still think and again because they're kids they're going to run out of gas so they're not going to be able to compete for four quarters and all that sort of stuff they'll hang in they'll hang in they'll hang in and obviously with you know someone like Jared Witts again he goes down so yep. oh, you know there's a couple of games there where you know I dare say if he was playing they don't they don't lose uh, they're a bit closer to finals even if they probably could have even stuck into the finals and then you know, Hugh Greenwood, um, you know, you, you, you snap forward then, the hypothetical, well, he goes on the list and he goes, no, no, mate, we're fine. Thanks very much, North, for that offer, but I'm staying. But, you know, oh, gee, I don't know still. Um, but the good thing, as I said, the club is sticking by Dewey, which is great. Mm. He's, he's had a good, um, you know, he's had a good list build. Yeah, certainly the, the graph is heading north with the with the group. Uh, they're, they're hanging in for games longer, being more successful. And, yeah, it's... It's sooner rather than later, that's for sure. So the worst thing they could do is change the coach right now. That's would be that's would be my feel. And as I said, you know, Took Miller, he probably started with Dewey and, and probably even before. But you know, now he's you know he's a bona fide, and there's a lot more bona fide players. And 
you know, Matty Rowell and, and Anderson and these, these and mm-hmm. the King, you know, Kingy, you know, all those boys, um, if they can hang in there just for another 12 months, I reckon, um, you know, the sun, uh, certainly, the sun will be rising. Yes, well, let's hope so. Hey, we've got to continue this chat at Shark Park, mate, but uh, we've got to leave it there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you're not going to scrub off my name off the 100-game board after this, but uh, it's been great to chat, mate. <laughs> Pleasure. Anytime. Oh, cool. We'll see you next week. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Here we go. Guy McKenna, uh, senior coach of the Barrow Morris Football Club.